to be healthy. Financially, right. I want to be at a place where I don't have to worry about it every day. It's not an anxious thoughts that I have every day. There's no stress in my life. There's no relational strife in my life because mm-hmm. of money. That's really what we want for you. We want you to be free so you can pursue your true life purpose. Welcome to Getting Money Right, a show dedicated to helping you achieve financial freedom through education and inspiration so that you can be free to pursue your true life's purpose. We're your hosts, David Thompson and Leo Sabo, and in the next few episodes, we're going to continue this series on dealing with debt. And so one of the stats that I've talked about or kind of shouted out there a few times is that seven in 10 Americans are carrying debt that's gone into collections. And I want to correct that stat. Mm -hmm. Uh, I said seven out of 10, but I went back and researched it. It's actually 71 million U.S. adults Mm. have debt that is in collections. Right. And that's been reported on their credit report. Right. So I said seven out of 10, but the actual number is 71 million. So I want to get that right. If there are currently around 220 million adults in the US Mm -hmm. and 71 million adults have debt in collections, that means about a third of all US adults mm-hmm. have debt that is moved past just, you know, my monthly normal payment to I did not make my payments on time and now somebody is coming after me to collect that debt. Uh, all right. Now, the reason that I was sharing this statistic is because as you're listening to this series, I want you to realize that you're not alone. Mm-hmm. If you're struggling with debt, if you're afraid, if you're frustrated, if if you listen to this and you think, "Oh my gosh, how am I going to handle this?" What I'm what I'm saying is don't be ashamed, don't be afraid. There is a process. Yes. There is a plan. And what we want to do is actually encourage you to break free from that debt. So the reason I put this stat out there is not just to shock and awe, like, oh my gosh, a third of Americans are carrying crazy debt and like this is a major problem. I actually want you to feel like, okay, I'm not a bad person. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm <laughs> I, not alone. I'm not alone. Many people struggle with this. Yes. We've struggled with this. We've struggled with this, right. Mm-hmm. Uh, Ashley and I both had the normal amount of debt when we graduated with college, which mm-hmm. respectively for me was around 20000 and respectively for her, because she graduated a few years after me, was 24000 We were normal. We were quote unquote broke, literally, because we were negative in our net yep. worth, Yep. right? Uh, now... Our mentality wasn't broken. Our mentality wasn't that we defined ourselves by our net worth. Right. But financially, we were broke. Yeah. And so we were broke on our way to building habits to get out of debt, build a plan, be in unity on our finances. So it's okay to be in that place, but it's not okay to stay there. Exactly. And, and that's the reason for this episode. That's right. And for the last couple yes. is to, one, encourage you that you're not alone in this, that you can... Um, you can realize that there's other people that struggle with this because there's a lack of education, because there's unfortunately a very easy access to taking on debt, yes. which is a temptation that all of us, to a degree, many of us fall into. So don't be discouraged by that stat. In fact, if anything, say, you know what? I don't want to be that 30%. Mm-hmm. I want to be in the 70% that doesn't have any issues on my credit report because I could not pay my debt. Um, and, and then to say, I really, it's not even to allow that to be a measure, but to really say, I want to be healthy 
financially. Right. I want to be at a place where I don't have to worry about it every day. It's not an anxious thoughts that I have every day. There's no stress in my life. There's no relational strife in my life because mm -hmm. of money. That's really what we want for you. We want you to be free so you can pursue your true life's purpose. Mm. Uh, yep, that's it. Be free <laughs> to pursue your true life's purpose. And, and debt removes your freedom. Yeah. Debt is a modern day bondage or a modern day slavery because uh, we even talked about it in the fancy debt or the fancy investing instruments. One mm -hmm. of them is a bond right. where you lend to a corporation, but then you are bonded to them. They have to pay you back. Mm -hmm. Well, when you borrow from someone else, you are bonded to them. That is a bond. And so in order to break those chains and not have your income go towards somebody else's bottom line. Because if you owe them money, you're, you you bring money in, but you got to pay them. You bring money in and you got to pay them. Yeah. So we want to break that bondage. And so what we've talked about in the last couple of episodes are some things that you want to avoid mm -hmm. when you're paying off debt. Like uh, what are the, the things that are not the best way to do it? What, right. what are the sneaky cons, like consolidation? Uh, what are the things that might actually slow you down even though they're marketed to sound very good? Oh, just do a HELOC. Mm -hmm. you know, just do a home equity line of credit it and everything will be fine or refinance your debt into your home. Yep. And now yep. you've taken make an, it easier, make it easier, right? Mm -hmm. You've taken an unsecured debt and now you've secured it to real property. That's a problem. Mm -hmm. So we talked about why you would want to avoid those things, but we ended the last episode with this concept that the, the right way, the mm -hmm. way to start paying off your debt is to have that budget in place. Right. And then to create your debt snowball. Now, your debt snowball is going to tell you exactly how much you need to set aside in your budget every month to pay for debt. The debt snowball will say, hey, your minimum monthly payments total 500 bucks a month. Mm -hmm. Maybe it's 300 for you. Maybe it's 1000 for somebody else. But your minimum monthly payments, what are those? Right. And then you also have your budget so you can see, well, what can I afford to pay every month? Mm -hmm. So you look at what is required every month from your debt snowball versus what you have in your budget. And what you're going to discover is one of four things. So we're going to talk about these four things today. One, you might discover that when you look at your debt snowball, you have enough money in mm. your budget to pay all the minimum payments and then some. Like you can actually pay the minimum payments and then even snowball it down by adding a little extra to the first one. Yeah, hopefully that's the case. Hopefully that's the case. For the purpose of this episode, you are winning oh, yeah. if you're in that place. Great potential uh, to be out of debt. That is phenomenal. So if you can pay all your minimum monthly payments and you can add a little extra, great. Or even just pay the minimum monthly payments. Mm -hmm. That is category one. Our encouragement to you then is start paying them. You know, yep. Keep paying them. Uh, get aggressive, sell more things, lower your lifestyle, all the things we've talked about in all these episodes. But that's it. Attack that debt. That is category one. What else might you run into, Leo? Yeah, so if the scenario is what we talk about in two would be that this scenario would be that you don't have enough to pay your minimum monthly debt payments, but you can pay a portion of it. And mm. this is what we would call creating a pro rata plan. And what it means is, let's say, for instance, your minimum payments are $600 per month. But once you create your budget, once you're saving enough, paying for all of your obligations, meeting all your needs, you find that you only have $300 you can carve out towards debt. Right. And if that's the case, you can't pay the minimums. Right. So who do you pay? Do you play, you know, Bill Roulette and say, okay, so-and-so is going to get it this, <laughs> this month? This month I not, pay this. Yeah. Right. So you don't want to do that. You want to be fair. This is a really important thing. You want to be fair and honorable mm -hmm. to everyone that you're doing 
business with. You right. know, these credit cards, you've entered into agreements with them. So honor those as best you can. It's a bad situation. You know it is, but here you are. And the worst thing you can do is not put a plan in place, not mm. live on a budget, and mm -hmm. continue to make those minimum payments by taking on more debt. Oh, yeah. Because so, that's what people normally yes. do. And David, you know this. The thing that breaks my heart the most is when I meet with somebody, I look at their finances, I look at the amount of debt and minimum payments they have, I do the numbers, which I can do pretty quickly in my head, and I think, oh, I wish you would have come to me six months earlier. Yeah, absolutely. Because we could have salvaged this in three months. You could have been back on your feet. But now you don't have enough. Mm -hmm. You've gotten yourself into a hole where there's not enough money to do it. Right. You just cannot pay everybody. Right. So now what do you do? So mm. this is the second option. So what we recommend, and part of the debt snowball that's on leosabo.com that you can download, is that there's a two tabs on there. The first mm -hmm. one is the original actual debt snowball where you plug in all your information. The second tab, if you look at the bottom, there's a pro rata plan. And when you click on it, it'll pull up a different a spreadsheet that's built into there that will have all of your debts listed and what the minimum payments are. Now you have the option to put in what you actually can pay toward the debt. So for instance, if you, your minimums are 600, but you can pay three, you plug in the $300 and now it's going to do something really interesting, very cool, because what it does, it says, all right, let's say you have three credit cards and two of the credit cards each have 25 it's you know the value of the balance is 25 percent of your overall debt the other one has 50 so 50 25 and 25 that's 100 percent so what's going to happen with that 300 dollars? it's going to be divided between those three based on the amount of debt that each one of them holds so the one that has 50 percent will get 150 dollars half of what you have available and then the other ones will get 75 each. That's right. So what it does is it allows you then to create a plan where you're making the best payment you can, as mm -hmm. much as you can, to each creditor, trying to be as fair as you can. Because if you borrowed more from one of them than the others, then he, that, that, yeah, that individual or that credit sh creditor should get more. Right. So this is being fair. And then once you create that plan, we're going to go into this into the next episode a little deeper, but mm -hmm. you're going to write a letter mm -hmm. saying, here's my situation. Here's my plan on how to get out of debt and how to meet my obligations to the best of my ability. Plus, here's my one-page budget. And between those, you can cr contact your creditor and say, I need your help. Yeah. And right now, I cannot pay you the minimum payments. I know the payment is $220, but all I can give you is $150. Mm -hmm. And I need you to cut me some slack, not charge me late fees every single month, and not default my loan, yeah. my, my, my debt. Because I want to continue to pay, and my goal is to pay you in full. But right now, that's all I can do. But and I'm not walking away from you. Right, a lot of creditors will work with that. They'll yeah. say, "Hey, if you can only pay half of your minimum payment, let's figure out how mm -hmm. to how to how to fix this and stretch out your loan." Now, long term, you don't want to be in loans that are stretched out forever. But no. today, where you are, you're grateful that they're working with you. Right. And it's up to you to communicate with them. And I do. I want to slow this down just a little bit. If you're having a hard time visualizing what we're talking about. Go right now to leosabo.com and click on the resources tab. And when you click on the resources tab, you're going to see the debt snowball. And there's a five minute video. I mean, this is absolutely incredible to me that in about five minutes, you can see how to build a debt snowball very simply where you just list all of your debts and you also list the minimum payments. And the last one minute of that video mm -hmm 
is all about the pro rata plan. Yeah, explains it very well. It's it's extremely well done and it's free to download that tool and it's easy to use. So go to leosabo.com, go to the resources tab and download that tool because when you get to this place, it really helps for not only you to have a visual, but when you write that letter to your creditor for you to print it out and mm-hmm. send it to them. So we're going to talk all about that process in the next episode. Yep. So we're going to continue on these steps. So step one is you looked at your how much you had left over at the end of the month in your budget. And you're like, hey, I can pay all my credit, mm-hmm. all my debts. That's great. Yep. Step two is I can't pay everything, but I can pay a portion. So I'm going to split that portion into this pro rated plan, the pro rata plan. But it's basically prorated. You've you've set it apart and said, oh, you get 25% of what I have, you get 50%, and you get 25%. That's great. You're being as fair as you possibly can with a heart that says, I want to pay you. Mm -hmm. I I want to honor our original agreement. Now, number three, you may find that you're not able to pay your monthly payments. Not at all. Like you are, you're looking at it and you're like, I'm I'm actually, oh my goodness, like zero or negative. Yeah, I can't even pay for all that I need yeah, right. just to survive, right. which, which happens. Maybe you've lost your job or your pay has been cut in half because of some weird industry thing, or you didn't get some income that you expected because mm. somebody defaulted on paying you, right. uh, or, or you're based on commission and you that commission didn't come in. And so now you're looking at it and you cannot make those payments mm-hmm. and they won't work with you. Um, this is, this is, a, this is an intimidating place to be, mm-hmm. uh, we, it's a difficult place to be. We empathize with where you're at. Um, this is one of those places where you've got to reach out to them and say, guys, today I can't pay anything. Mm-hmm. I want to, and I, and I'm, here's my budget. Let me show you my budget and you can see why I am negative. And right now it's an income issue right now. It's a medical debt issue that came up. I, I've not, I've been in the hospital for two weeks. I haven't earned anything. Like, I don't know what it might be in your scenario. Yeah. But you're at that place, and that's a scary place to be. Um, and and at that time, they will probably let you stay. Like, let's say you haven't paid your your credit card bill for a month. Like, they're not going to close on it that day. Mm-mm. But two months pass, three months pass, six months pass, and you haven't paid anything at all. Then they're going to send it to collections. Right. And that is where we find our fourth category. Let's say you haven't paid for three to six months on your, on your debts. Mm-hmm. And, and maybe, um, you know, that could turn into them, uh, going and repossessing a vehicle that could turn into them, uh, taking your debt and selling it to a creditor, a credit agency mm-hmm. that will usually buy your debt for less than 10% of the original cost. Right. I mean, like maybe five cents for every dollar you owe a thousand dollars and they buy it for $50. Mm-hmm. And then they try to come after you for all 1000 Right. But they paid $50 for that debt, yeah. right? So that's a credit collection agency. Um, there's a reason the numbers are so skewed like that because it is very hard to collect money that has gone six months without payment or yeah. further. Uh, so at this point, now you have to save up cash. Every little bit of cash you can get your hands on, you save up because you're going to have to talk to those collection agencies and settle with them. And mm-hmm. and let's say they paid 50 bucks for every thousand, or maybe they paid a hundred bucks for every thousand. You're going to then be able to say, okay, Hey, I can't give you all 1000, but six months from now I could give you 500 of the 1000. Mm-hmm. Well, that's a profit for them. And it helps you get your debt paid off faster. So it can be a win-win for everybody. 
But again, this is, this is emotionally difficult. I'm not, I don't want to downplay this. Mm-hmm. Um, it, this is where it really helps to have a coach and a yeah. relationship, yeah. Uh, a pastor, a friend. Uh, I, I know that Leo works with several people personally coaching them uh, through this type of process. And, and I say Leo does. I've done this as well. But Leo has a coaching business where, he, where people call him and pay him a fee to walk with them through this process because his heart is to serve people. And, and it's very cool to see that walk out. Leo and I have both done it, um, but just professionally, Leo takes time to do this. Mm-hmm. And, and I guess professionally, technically, I do as well because I am a pastor um, and, and I have a financial stewardship bent where I help people in their finances. But, um, but I will say in my pastoral duties... I have switched from being able to do this on a consistent basis to where I have other responsibilities for the church. Right. So my daily job is not to walk people through this. Yeah. And you have a have team that does it. Exactly. You've trained a team to do it. A team of volunteers, and yes. The process is the same, though. And a couple of highlights here that, I, that we want you to, to take away is the worst thing you can do is to continue to pay a debt that you cannot afford to pay. Because what you're really doing, and I've seen this, unfortunately, too many times, where someone is in this place where they don't even realize because they're not living on a budget because they're just kind of surviving and they've got all these creditors calling because they're being late on payments and maybe they missed a payment but they're trying to keep up right so they're making payments and many times those payments are made from the money that should be used for those basic needs so for instance you might get paid and pay all your bills on time but if you really look at the situation and you put it on paper you may realize that you don't have enough to actually pay anyone. The way you're doing it, though, is you're paying them with the income you're getting, and then you're using your credit cards ongoing in order to buy the things that you need. So technically what you're doing is you're borrowing in order to pay for the borrowed money you've borrowed before. So it's just, it's a vicious cycle. I've seen some it horrific situations. very quickly because you're paying interest to pay interest. Right. And, and oh my goodness, you yeah, get just, real deep real fast. Yeah. And, and we had, used to have the saying when I was being trained to be a coach that they come to us about six months too late. Mm-hmm. And by that six mm-hmm. months is that in six months, you can do so much damage when you're in the situation because you're literally going into debt by thousands sometimes per month. Um so here, here's the point, yeah. though. And there is a solution for that, too. That's why the U.S. has bankruptcy laws in place. And we are going to do everything we can to avoid bankruptcy. But I want you to know, if you've found yourself six months too late, yeah. it's not over. <laughs> You're going to be okay. Yeah. Uh, we have a plan for that as well. But but it is, it's just emotionally difficult. Here's the thing. It just takes time, energy. There's going to be emotional pain. Uh, when you have promised to pay somebody something... Mm-hmm. it's going to feel uncomfortable when you can't pay them. Yeah. And and honestly, in a way, that's good because as a society, we need to feel the pain of, ooh, I didn't pay. Therefore, in the future, I should not borrow or borrow less. Like it, You need to feel the consequence of your action, uh, but we want to help you remove the pain and get to a place where you can help others remove their pain. Yeah, we, we can't promise you that it will be painless. But what we can promise you is that if you are faithful through this process, if you do your mm-hmm, part, mm-hmm. don't take, don't allow the guilt of your past mistakes to drive you every day. You're just yes. going to make worse decisions because you feel bad and you're going to try to please everyone. And this is the hardest part I have when I'm coaching someone that's in this situation where they can't pay the minimum payments. They, I mean, I had a couple sit across the, the table from me one time, and this was when I was a pastor teaching and training and coaching people. And I told them, I said, you cannot... Please hear me. You cannot pay your debt right now. Mm-hmm. And they were like shocked. Like, mm-hmm. you're a pastor. You're telling us not to pay our debt? 
Like, that's not even morally right. I'm like, I'm not telling you you shouldn't. I'm telling you you can't. Right. And you have to be honest with yourself. If you've gotten to the position where you can't, then, you know, swallow hard, say I'm sorry, and do something better. And what Mm -hmm. we're trying to help you guys Mm -hmm. understand is there's a process to get back to a healthy state. And I will say this about the credit card industry. They kind of built in the fact that somebody, at least 2 to 4%, oh, will not yeah. be able to pay. Oh, yeah. I'm not saying you should go, you know, that should not be your goal. To be you shouldn't try one to of those game two the to system. No, no, right. no, of course not. But realize that it's part of their business. They realize sometimes right. people will get in over their head, and it's part of their strategy sometimes. Mm-hmm. They know, hey, if we extend credit to someone, they're going to try. 98% of the people will try to pay their debt, regardless of how difficult or painful it is for them, regardless if it ruins their future or not. Right. So... I'm not saying we should ever use that as an excuse. I'm saying just understand, you just find yourself there. Mm-hmm. You know, you you can't beat yourself up over over it, but you do need to be responsible. You yes. need to say, okay, I, I'm going to own this. It's my fault. I've come to the place where I can realize it. I'm going to say sorry to whoever I need to say sorry to, but I'm not going to continue to make one bad decision after another. I'm not going to try to satisfy every debt mm-hmm. that I physically cannot do right. unless I go into a deeper state of financial mess and i don't want to do that because i'm trying to save myself and my family so i think this is this is really important i want you to hear our hearts we're not telling you to walk away from your debt we are telling you to be wise and by wise we mean put a plan in place and we just defined one for you where you know what you're spending you get Mm -hmm. your finances in order by living on a budget you carve out whatever you can pay toward them if you can pay some you use the pro rata plan Mm -hmm. if you can't you mail each one of them a letter. We're going to go over that in a future episode. We're going to literally tell you what you need to say and make that available to you so you can write a credit, what we call a credit or contact letter. You're going to contact them. You're going to provide them, as David said, a copy of your budget and a copy of this letter that requests, this is what we would like for you to do. And we recognize this was our fault. But, yes. but to help us get to a healthy financial state, we're asking you for your cooperation. Listen, if you do that, I guarantee you, you are one of a hmm. very, very few people that will ever do that, where you actually contact the creditor and, and you say to them, we're not trying to walk away from our responsibility, but we need help with it. Would you help us? Would you agree with us to maybe forgive some of the debt or pull back and allow us to pay a smaller payment so we don't have to renege on this debt and have you write it off in six months? Right. It's up to the creditor what they're going to do. You cannot take responsibility for that. That's their policy. That's their choice. Right. But you have your choice, which is I'm going to put this plan in place. I'm going to give it my best shot. And if they say yes, great. If they say no, then I'm going to take the other route, which is, okay, if they write off the debt and, and send it to a collection agency, then I'm just going to save the amount that I was going to give to them because my, my plan is still to pay them off. But now I have to deal with the creditor because they don't want to be involved anymore. They wrote it off. So now it's when you begin to build up a little bit of savings. And when that offer is made to you to settle for a certain amount, now you can do it. It's... Listen, it's not ideal. It's not what I want. And yes, it's going to affect your credit score. But it's a way out. It's mm-hmm. a way to become mm-hmm. free. It's a way to solve this issue. And you can get it behind you. And listen, just the walking this out will teach you so many significant lessons, so many things that will help you to be so much better with your finances in the future. So don't short sick at this process. Go through it. Do your best. And just trust that if you're faithful and taking steps, you know, if you need to walk 100 miles, it's one step at a time. Right. You can say, I can never walk 100 miles. Well, listen, people have done it. People have ran, <laughs> you know, ran over 100 miles. Yeah. How do they do it? One step at a time. Yeah. They didn't take six steps at a time. They took one step at a time. So just take one step at a time. That's right. 
Well, as we look at this, I want to go ahead and give you a little bit of information to arm you and equip you for when you begin to get those phone calls. Mm -hmm. Because if you fall into step two, three, or category two, three, or four, where you you can only pay a portion, or you can't pay, or you're already having your debt sold to a collection agency, somebody's going to call you. (laughs) More (laughs) than once, more than once a day. (laughs) Yes, they're going to let you know that you haven't paid because their job is to collect that money. Mm -hmm. And when they collect, man, that, that their whole job is around chasing down that money. And because of that, uh, unfortunately, there have been a few people that have done it immorally and unethically and said some things that are pretty, pretty just, I mean, it's terrible. Like they have done it in a way that is terrible, insulting, foul language. Yeah. Yeah. Every, every play in the book where it's just disgusting how, how somebody has acted in chasing down money. And so the government put together the Fair Debt Collections Practices Act. So they want it to be at least fair for you, somebody who owes somebody else money, how you're treated. Let's treat this person fairly, the Fair Debt Collections Practices Act. And so this was put in place in 1978. It's been updated, tweaked, a bunch of good stuff over the years. But the purpose is to eliminate abuse because people were being abused by debt collectors. Mm -hmm. So to eliminate abusive practices in the collection of consumer debts, and it basically creates some guidelines where debt collectors can do this, but they can't do this. They can do this, but they can't do this. So there Mm -hmm. are some things they're allowed to do, but there are some things they're not allowed to do. And so we want to help you be protected when they call. Yeah, and part of this was to not only let them know, hey, you can't do this, but also to add attached to that some hefty, hefty penalties and fines. So know that not only are you protected through this law, but also that there are consequences to these creditors if they cross that line. Mm -hmm. So we're going to cover some of these just high level, but we're also going to add a summary of these in the notes. Now you can pull the actual act if you want. I can even email it to you if you'd like. It's boring. It's long reading (laughs) that we're not suggesting it, but you should know the benefits and the guidelines that you have and and know that as you are interacting with these creditors, especially with the debt collectors, that you have rights, that they cannot abuse you. They cannot treat you a certain way. And if they do, you need to be prepared to know what to say so that it doesn't happen again. Mm -hmm. And I'm going to tell you, they are very motivated not to have huge fees. We're talking in the tens of thousands of dollars. So in fact, we have a friend that used to be in that industry Mm -hmm. and her job, her primary job was just to know the law and make sure that they don't cross that line. Right. And so know that they're looking at that and they're very serious about not doing the wrong thing. But if you don't complain, there's some out there that can be very, very brutal. Right. And you just don't have to put up with it. Mm -hmm. You just don't. Listen, if you made a mistake, that's fine. Nobody should uh, treat you like a subhuman because you made mistakes. Ooh, we all make mistakes. Yep. Um, so this is put in place for that reason. I find it interesting, David, that it was done in 1978 before credit cards were really like blown up. So as soon as this started and people got caught up into it, like the government had to step in and create a mm-hmm. law that said, hey, 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 let's play nice. And and I love that they did it because I think it's very helpful yeah. when people are in this situation. This is a good use of government. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like I, mm-hmm. I typically lean towards, hey, small government, Yep. But there are very good uses for government is this very is one needed. Them. And this is yes. one of them. Uh, so let's look at a few of the things that they are not allowed to do. Because if you catch them doing one of these things, mm-hmm. you can report it to somebody in the company 
and they will shut it down very quickly. And if it doesn't get shut down quickly, you can report it to the government Mm -hmm. and then that company will get shut down very quickly or they will be fined. So one thing that they cannot do is they can't contact you before 8 a.m., or after 9 p.m. local time. Mm-hmm. So they can't be waking you up at 6 a.m. to That's collect right. debt. They can't be calling you at midnight to collect debt and harass you. That would be harassment. So uh, it's your local time as well. So who cares what time it is where they're calling from? Right, your local time. It's your local time, 8 a.m. to 9 p.m. Uh, also, now this is interesting, uh, you can write them a letter that says that you do not want them to contact you anymore. Yeah, about that debt. About that yeah, debt. Yeah. And it will become illegal for them to call you, to to message you, other than to send you legal documents. Mm-hmm. Now, Leo and I do not recommend this. Our, our recommendation is in general that you communicate with your creditors mm-hmm. um, very consistently, very openly. But there are a few times where it makes sense to write this letter and say, no, you cannot contact me anymore. Um, one is if maybe the debt they're chasing you for isn't valid and they can't prove that it's valid. Uh, another might be that they have abused you in the past and you've hired an attorney to yep. be your representative and they're trying to contact you and they should be talking to your attorney. Uh, so in general, you should not write a letter telling them, do not contact me because you owe them money. And so you should be looking for ways to pay them. Right. Uh, but this is a good thing. I mean, like, it's nice to be able to shut down abusive practice. Yeah. One of the other things you should be aware of is that a creditor cannot call you or cause, you know, uh, the telephone to ring consistently or engaging any person in a telephone conversation repeatedly or continuously. And this would be with the intent to annoy, abuse, or harass any mm-hmm. person. So, again, when you're taking these calls, if they called you five minutes ago, and you explain to them where you're at, and you were cordial with them, and they call you back five minutes later, that's, that's abuse. Rude. That's mm-hmm. annoying. That's that's the intent of just harassing you to the point where you just give in. I had a client that I was working with some years ago, and they were getting so many calls, and sometimes they would call the wife, and sometimes they would call the husband, and they would say to the wife, how could you be married to a loser and a deadbeat? To the husband, they would say, what kind of man are you? And he was just, just downright ugly. Mm -hmm. And uh, this couple was a wonderful couple. They just made a mistake. They bought too much too soon. And they were young. And here they were being abused. And I said, you do not have to take that. So that's the purpose here is do not ever let anybody treat you that way and understand that there are uh, laws in place to protect you. Mm -hmm. And what we would say is before you even have that conversation, whenever you get a call from one of these creditors, or you call the creditor, you need to inform them right at the beginning. I am recording this phone call. And if there's any abuse or if there's anything that's improper, I will report it to the FCC. Mm-hmm. I will file a complaint. And you just need to let them know. I, I'm calling you or you're calling me, and I'm not running from you. I'm taking your call. Right. But let's let's discuss this cordially and with respect, and yep. then we can get some things done that way. Yeah, we highly recommend that. Um, if you need to buy a special recorder that you just put next to your phone, great. On most smartphones, there are apps Mm -hmm. that allow you to record the call as you're on the call. In fact, I wouldn't be surprised if many phones have a built-in feature for that that I'm just not even aware of. Well, Apple has all of it. Yeah, of course. Well, Apple's (laughs) got your info, no doubt. Siri records even when you're not. (laughs) Just when your phone's turned on, it's in your pocket. Okay, distraction. Sorry Okay, sorry, left field. Um, But here's the thing. It is very easy to record those calls and it does help you provide a level of protection and it lets them know you're not going to be pushed around. Like as soon as you pick up the call or even if you call them, say, hey, they'll actually probably tell you just so you know, we're recording this message. And you say, that's great. I want you to be aware as well that I'm recording this call. 
so that if you do anything that violates the Fair Debt Collections Practices Act, mm-hmm. that I have a record of it and I will not stand for it. Yeah, it's really a matter of just letting him know that you know enough mm-hmm. to not be treated the way they yes. might want to treat you. Yes. And, and that's really, sometimes it's just that. You may not even have to say, I'm recording the call. Just, Or you might just have to say, I'm recording the call mm-hmm. and nothing else. Because right. once they know that, they know you have evidence and they're yeah. going to play nice. And yeah, that's, the that's idea. right. Yeah, it's you don't a good want to be idea rude to put them... It. Put them in a place where they're going to behave. <laughs> yeah, that's right. And you don't want to be rude with it or arrogant. Mm-hmm. You just want to let them know. Um, the other thing is is that they are allowed to call you at work unless you tell them through a written document that they are not allowed to call you at work. Mm-hmm. Now, that's good to know. Let's say that they've been calling your office three, four times a day asking for you. You're in meetings and it just like, who yeah, is this your company? assistant's picking up your phone. Right. And yeah. It can yeah. be very embarrassing. It's embarrassing. You. And so you can say, look, you can still call me during these hours, but you cannot call my office line. Mm-hmm. You have to call my personal cell phone. You have to call my home phone yeah. and you can put that in writing. And that's very acceptable. Uh, the other thing is that they can't misrepresent the facts. Mm. They can't lie or deceive on the amount of the debt. Right. Uh, they can't tell you that they are sending local law enforcement to put you in jail right now. Mm-hmm. Legally, legally, you cannot be arrested right. uh, for having outstanding Thank debt. Thank God for that. Right. Now, if you go to court and they do take you to court, you know, legally they can send somebody to, to serve you. But even then, this is not a police officer coming to take you away. You're not about to go to jail. Yeah, you're not going to be arrested right. for Now, debt. you could be arrested for contempt of court, but that would be like a judicial issue yeah. far down the road. Yeah, and, nothing and, to do with where, you're, where you might be today. Right. But there were people that were saying, oh, we're going to arrest you. And, and you know, mm-hmm. the, the, the sheriff is on his way to your house right now unless you pay. And it would scare people into paying. That's illegal. It's misrepresentation. It's deceit. And if you record them doing that, ooh, they're in trouble. They'll probably cancel your debt. If you record them saying something like that and you show it to their legal department, their legal department will probably cancel your debt and apologize and play, please don't sue us. It would be cheaper for them <laughs> yes. to do that than to go after yep. you and pay the fines for you uh, reporting them. That's right. Another one might be just abusive or profane language. Again, uh, it's respect. You you're expect respect and you're going to give respect. And profane language or abusive language has no place. And also them using anything to contact or to bring out to light through, let's say, embarrassing media, such as communicating with a consumer regarding a debt by postcard. So it's something that, that somebody else might come across so that would show that, hey, you're, you're not paying your debt. So they cannot use those form of tactics that would bring somebody else into it. It has right. to be kept private. That's the yeah. whole point. They're not even allowed to tell, like, they can't call your family members mm-hmm. in another home. Now, if they call your home and a family member picks up, yeah. they they can ask for you and say that's to collect a debt, but they can't start discussing details mm-hmm. and air your dirty laundry. That's illegal. They can't post about it on social media. Yeah. Like, that's illegal. So um, anything like that, even, even threatening to report false information on your credit report. Because I think probably one of the biggest fears people have is, oh, this is going to ruin my credit. Mm -hmm. And when my credit is ruined, I won't be able to buy a house in the future. I won't be able to buy a car in the future. And honestly, like the credit at this point in time, the credit shouldn't be your number one concern. Mm -hmm. Paying the debt, cleaning this thing up, having integrity, um, you know, earning more, spending less, not planning to borrow as much in the future. So it's okay if your credit is kind of junked up for a while, but they cannot misrepresent or lie to you and say, oh, we're going to completely trash your credit in one click of a button. Mm -hmm. No, it's going to be the normal process. Your credit will be dinged. Uh, but they cannot like immediately destroy all of your credit in one fell swoop. Well, they don't have the power to do it anyway. So it would be a threat that's right. really re- unrealistic. But 
the thing that you have to consider is that they are trying to push buttons mm -hmm. and sometimes they know that that will work mm -hmm. right if they get you stressed out enough call you enough bother you enough abuse you enough that you'll just say oh, enough's enough i'm just going to pay these guys off so they can go away and unfortunately i'm not saying this is an industry standard for debt collectors but there are a few enough right uh, that we've seen in the media that we've experienced that says that it's a it's a problem and that's why this law is in place mm -hmm. so as long as you are aware of it um, it'll keep you safe. It'll keep yeah. you from taking on abuse, uh, having to, to put up with something like that. It's just not necessary. It's hard enough to go through this. You don't need somebody heaping up extra stuff on top of it. Well, we want to thank you so much for joining us for this episode. We really hope that this debt series is helpful to you. We know it is a huge problem. And we really, like we said at the beginning of the podcast, we don't want you to be in debt. We want you to be free. So, if you've enjoyed this episode, if it's been helpful to you, please rate, review, and subscribe to this podcast so you can continue to receive these podcasts on a weekly basis. You can do so on iTunes, uh, any Android device, um, so that it's easier. It'll just come to your phone every week, and you can just listen to it while you're working out or whatever else you're doing around the house. You can also share this podcast on your favorite social media platform. You can find the show notes for this episode and also more content and resources at leosabo.com. And you can go to stewardshippastors.com. David's book, Jesus on Money, he is getting close to finishing that book, so please buy a copy. Uh, that's one way to say, hey, David, I can't wait for you to put this thing out. So would you do that today? Would you buy a copy, maybe two or three, give some to your friends when it comes out? And also there's videos and resources and all kinds of great content on there, and you can share it with a pastor or a spiritual leader as well. David has a heart for not only teaching on finances, but teaching it from a biblical perspective in a church setting, and he's great at that. So please go to that and share it with anyone that might benefit. Well, we want to, again, thank you for joining us, and we look forward to having you join us next time so that together we, we can, can keep, keep getting, getting money, money right. When you have promised to pay somebody something, mm -hmm. it's going to feel uncomfortable when you can't pay them. Yeah. And, and honestly, in a way, that's good. Because as a society, we need to feel the pain of, ooh, I didn't pay. Therefore, in the future, I should not borrow or borrow less.